0: God's word to us. So um, we're going to head over to Vaughan. If you want your Bibles Acts, it's Acts chapter 20. Acts 20,
1: to... uh, reading from verse 13 to the end. So Acts 20, starting at verse 13. <coughs> Here we go. We went on ahead to the ship and sailed for Assos, where we were going to take Paul aboard. He had made this arrangement because he was going there on foot. When he met us at Assos, we took him aboard and went on to Mytilene. The next day, we set sail from there and arrived off Chios. The day after that, we crossed over to Samos and on the following day arrived at Miletus. Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus to avoid spending time in the province of Asia for he was in a hurry to reach Jerusalem, if possible, by the day of Pentecost. From Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. When they arrived, he said to them, You know how I lived the whole time I was with you, from the first day I came into the province of Asia. I served the Lord with great humility and with tears in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison, and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore, I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of any of you for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you, night and day, with tears. Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself, who said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. When Paul had finished speaking, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. They all wept as they embraced him and kissed him. What grieved them most was his statement that they would never see his face again. Then they accompanied him to the ship.
0: Thanks. Thank you, Andy. Um, Now's the time, if you're going to do it, um, to go to the... I'm going to share my screen, um, and then if you go to the view icon in the top right-hand corner and select side-by-side speaker, hopefully, um, Jez, should pop up next to this and then you can adjust the size of the screen. Over to you, Jez.
2: Okay, can you hear me? I seem to be double spotlighted here. Are you, are you putting the slides on, Dan? Sorry, just double-checking.
0: Yep, I've got the slides.
2: Do you want to stick them on, then? They're on. Okay. No. Is, is, there, is anybody else struggling with them? Cause yeah, not on there's my. no slides. There's no slides on mine. It's just me twice. On <laughs> <and> mine.
0: <my. laughs> are you able to...
2: If you share your screen, you might have just clicked mine, you twice, rather than clicked on... You might have clicked Zoom twice.
0: No, don't looks so. Sorry, guys, about this. Um, ben? <laughs> Is there anything... Should I, should I do it again? Hang on, let me try this. That might be why. Sorry, my fault. Give me a second. That's why. Everyone see that now?
2: If you you present them.
0: Yeah. There we go. Sorry, try it now.
2: uh, Yeah, we've got that. Sorry, guys. Okay, fantastic. And just double-checking that you've not got reverb. You're not hearing me coming back through twice. No, it's good. It's fine. Fantastic. Um, uh, Why don't we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you for your word and thank you for this um, passage of scripture. And we um, once again ask you to speak to us through your your spirit as you reveal truth to us. We know that we can't do this on our own, um, that this is not something that um, we just read with our own eyes and... um, just draw out our own thoughts on but your spirit reveals truth to us and, and gives us wisdom for this day so pray holy spirit speak to us we pray through your word amen amen um well a couple of things first of all this shirt's been mentioned a few times um but uh, i just thought you know it's eight it's, it's late at night you're going to need something to look at it's going to keep you awake it's the sort of thing you keep on looking at and you keep on following the patterns and I, I hope um, if my um, if the preach doesn't keep you awake, the shirt sure it will. Uh, so that's one thing. Um, secondly, if, if you're on um, the sharing the screens, it doesn't it only works on computers. On the on the other one, you can click between the two uh, pictures. The picture in the corner of, of of me or the slides. You click on that, it will swap over. So you can sort of manually control what you want to see on the bigger part of either your phone or or iPad. Um, well. This uh, 20th chapter of Acts um, is um, a, a, a significant passage I suppose for me as I think about um, leaving Oikos and, um, and just the, sort of resonating with me uh, Paul's final farewell to the Ephesian elders and uh, I suppose slightly different to Paul. I'm, I am hoping that I will see you again. Um, it's not that sort of leaving uh, and yet at the same time, there is just something of, um, um, a bit, I suppose, a little bit a, of a jealousy in a, in, a, in a good way to seeing how Paul got to spend time with people face to face. and how maybe uh, this time will, will, will be where I won't get to spend so much time or haven't, in fact, spent that much time face to face with you in terms of saying um, goodbye. But it, it's interesting that final words are important, aren't they? Uh, imagine yourself you 're standing at an airport your, your husband or uh, your wife or friends or a child and you 're waving them off and you 're not going to see them in a long time what What would you say to them, or maybe more deeply imagine that you knew that you had a terminal illness and you were only going to be um, you 're only given a short period to live. What would you say to those who were precious to you well? To be honest, you probably would want to express something of your love and your care for them, and you'd want to know them how important they are to you. You'd also maybe want to remind them of past events, things that have taken place, um, and uh, things that have been significant or precious to you in in that journey, in that relationship that you've had with them. And then finally, maybe you might want to orientate people to the future without you? What are the possibilities? What are the perils uh, that they might face? What is the wisdom that you want to pass on for them that, to, to keep them focused on what's important? Well, really, this is what happens in this, in this passage. pause, farewell to the Ephesian elders really contains three aspects. The first part is there's a personal testimony for him. You find that in verse 18 to 24 and 33 to 35. Um, and then wedged in between that, you'll you'll see a specific charge to them, um, to a, a warning to them to be aware of some things, and then finally he he prays for them, and then we read at the end of the passage that that is that description of them kneeling together. We don't know exactly what he he prays in that time, but they you know, they they weeped, uh, they wept, and um, they. Um, just enjoyed that final moment together. So let's go through those together. First one then, Paul's testimony. And like I say, each, each one of these that he shares is, is really to encourage them to, to keep on going. So you find this personal testimony in verses 18 to 24 and 33 to 35. And its purpose is to prepare them for him his leaving. Poor hopes... They might see his life, and they might see something about the way in which he lived, that he might pass the baton on of this mission that God has given them to to them. And it's not that Paul here is bigging himself up, uh, but he really does want to remind them of the past and prepare them for the future. And Paul wrote to the Corinthian church um, in a similar way, encouraging them to be imitators of me, he writes, as I am of Christ, or as, he, as the NIV says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. So Paul, he is really just wanting to talk about what God has done amongst in him, with them, not to big himself up, but to say, look, if in any way I have uh, imitated Christ, if in any way I have um, showed you something, what it means to be a follower of Christ, imitate those things. So Paul, he not really given us Uh, primarily an example of himself to follow, but really he's pointing the um, Ephesians to to Christ himself, who he has imitated and who he has followed. And it's important, isn't it, that we are those who don't look to other people. We don't look to someone like Paul. Uh, However great Paul is, he is a pale reflection of, of who Christ is, how wonderful your friends are or your pastor or your, your mum and dad or your husband or your, or your wife is. They, they are no match for Christ. So as we read these words, again, let's remember, Paul is not bigging himself up um, and we shouldn't be bigging ourselves up, but we want to point people to, to Christ, don't we? We want to say, fix our eyes on Christ, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. So Paul wants them really to fix their eyes on on Christ, who he, he has been uh, imitating. And it's a challenge to us, isn't it? Really, that we we do that because um, often we might idolise those and uh, those in either in Christian ministry or people that we know. And then when we peel back the surface, we realise they're just a sinner just like us. How many? Uh, Leading Christians have we, um, in the last two years, found out have fallen either morally in either either some sort of overbearing leadership, Uh, leadership abuse has been, um, a phrase has been banded around a lot, or in sexual uh, sin uh, with adulteries and and alike. Um, We should be careful not to idolize those people because they are just sinners saved by grace seeking to follow Saviour, just like us. It made me think about um, the value of pre-engagement preparation. I mean, uh, that sort of pre-engagement preparation is really there to uh, to um, put forward the statement or ask the question: Do you really know how messed up the person is that you're marrying? Uh, do you know how different you are and how flawed you both are? If the answer to that is okay, yes, I do, or I know something about that, then. Um, then you can choose to love that person, can't you? Uh, you, can, um, you can love them for who, who they are. Uh, many a, a person has had a shock when they get into marriage and they realize the person that they, they married is not as shiny as, a, as they thought they were uh, when they got married. And that's not a bad thing to, to, to want to, to think the best of, of somebody, but it also just recognizes that we are flawed people. So again, for us, we just want to, um, like Paul here, we just want to encourage one another, don't we, to, to be uh, those who follow uh, the Lord, who keep keep our eyes fixed on Him and not on ourselves. So in this, Paul gives them a couple of, uh, a number of things to follow, four things to follow. The first thing he talks about in his testimony is his motive that they should follow, and he says. That they should serve the Lord. Verse 18 says, You yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews. So the first thing he wants us to imitate, and the first thing he's speaking to the Ephesian elders to imitate is this idea of serving, that we should be those who seek. With our time with our energy with our affections with our desires with our resources that we should be those who serve the lord he says look i've lived amongst you and the whole time i've lived amongst you from the first day i've been there my whole purpose of being here has been to seek the lord to serve the lord and of course christ is the pre- uh, pre- supreme example for us of this isn't it uh he is jesus is the one who um in terms of his commitment to serve the Father, uh, did it in the face of the ultimate suffering. In Luke 22, verse uh, 42, um, he says this, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, but not my wills, but yours be done. And so Jesus is the one that we look to. We look to Paul, but we also look to Jesus, who Paul is looking to that we might be those who, whatever the circumstances, however difficulty or challenge that uh, the, the circumstance we find ourselves in, is that we seek to serve the Lord with all our heart, with our soul, with our mind, with all our strength. Paul writes to the Christians in Colossae um, and says something similar. He says, whatever you do, this is verse, 20, uh, uh, verse 23. Sorry, I've, I've mislaid the chapter. Um, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the lord not for human masters since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the lord as a reward it is the lord lord christ that you are serving so again just a reminder um to to ephesian elders and to us what's our motives in the things that we do what what are the reasons that we, we do the things that we do. If it, and and Paul here is saying, let it be to serve the Lord. Let the highest thing that we desire to do is to serve the Lord and serve His purposes and serve His His people and serve His world. And so, in one sense, my one of my prayers uh, for us as uh, for, for Oikos as I'm I'm leaving, that we would be a church and you would continue to be a church. That doesn't turn from the right or to the left or uh, loses its focus on, on, on what, uh, what, why we exist and why we're t- together, that we would just live out the identity of being servants of, of, of God, that we would uh, think about our time, and our energy and our, our money and we would think about how do I use this for God's glory, how do I use this to bring his kingdom to come, his kingdom to bear in this place. Um, Paul also, um, in verses 31 and 32 and and 34 in here, just talks about the dangers of things that might help, that might lead to them um, losing focus. He talks about shallowness, he talks about laziness in their daily walk with the Lord uh, and and sort of not walking with the the Lord daily. And I think there's just a a challenge there for us, isn't it? That if we're going to be those who serve the Lord, we just... need to make sure that we are daily in the word, that our our life with Christ is not one that's just shallow um, and is just on the surface, but goes much, much deeper than that. We must also not be those who become lazy in in doing good or be discouraged in in doing good, but we keep on uh, serving, serving, even when we don't see the results or even when we don't see what the outcome might be, or even if we don't get any praise or thanks, we, we... We serve the Lord and continue to serve the Lord. So the first thing he wants them to imitate is his um, motive. The second thing he wants them to to imitate is his manner in service. So it's service again, but it's his manner in service. And he gives three things here to to follow. To follow his humility, to follow his tears, and to follow his trials. This is what... um, verse 18 to and 19 says you yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews and then talking about those uh ongoing trials and suffering in verse 22 he picks up and, and says this and now behold i'm going to uh, jerusalem constrained by the spirit not knowing what will happen to me there except the holy spirit testifies that in every city imprisonment and affliction awaits me but i do not count my life of any value nor as precious to myself if only i may finish the course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Paul highlights the need here to serve with humility, with tears, and with suffering. And we see this lived out in his purpose that God is sending him to Jerusalem. I don't don't know if you remember, but if you read back in uh, chapter 19, he talks about how the Holy Spirit has really pressed him uh, to, to to go to Jerusalem and then on to Rome. He knows that's where he's going. He knows the Holy Spirit has, has led in that way. And then also it leads to, um, you know, to the attitude in verse 24 uh, where he says, you know, I do not count my life of any value nor as precious to myself. The purpose that he wants to do is I want to finish the course. I want to serve the Lord in the ministry that he's given to me. And that is to testify in every place, everywhere I go, um, to the grace of of God. He knows that he's going to go to to, uh, Jerusalem to do that and then on to Rome to finally do that. And he's going to ultimately do that in his death as he dies uh, a martyr there for his faith. But again, as we think about humility and tears and trials, our mind cannot go much further than to think of the example of Christ to think of our precious and beautiful Savior and all that he went through as a motivation and an encouragement to us to continue to serve him. And of course, there's many places that we go in Scripture to look for this, but uh, Philippians 2 is a famous place we're, we may be familiar to where we are told to imitate Christ uh, in, in, in this way. And uh, Paul writes to the Philippians, and talks to the Christians and encourages them, said, look, if you've got any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love and being in full full accord and of one mind. Do nothing out of rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves, letting each of you look not only to his own interests, but to the interests of others. Having this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though was in the form of God, did not count as quality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself, but became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore God highly exalted him and bestowed upon him The name that is above every name that the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord the glory of God the Father and so here we see this link between service um, of God and the natural things that take place and we look to Jesus we're told that we are to share in the sufferings of Christ and that we are to have the same mind as as Jesus, that we should have a mind that um, is one that is uh, humble, like Jesus was humble. That we should have the mind of Christ, that also is one where um, he, 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 we are those who engage in in the task that God has uh, given us, that might lead to, in one sense. Tears or an, an, an emotional in, in connection and investment, and also we might be with those who also follow in the footsteps into the trials and in this case the suffering of Jesus. And then ultimately, this passage reminds us that as we do that, it will ultimately lead to um, glory. It will ultimately lead to some joy. We, said, we see here in verse. Well, we see in verse nine. That Philippians passage that says, therefore, God highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name that is above every other name. And so we're to see here that this uh, thing, that, uh, this, this, uh, this manner that we are to, to imitate in service of humility and tears and trials leads to gospel ministry being done well. So Paul is passing on this to the Ephesian elders saying, look, look how I lived amongst you. This is how I did it. And here are the results of it, that people came to know Christ, both Jew and, uh, and, and Gentile came to know Christ. And I've served them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not only did they come to know Christ, but they grew up in, in Christ. And then later on, he says, look, I've, I'm innocent of all the blood of, of those who are in Asia Minor. Why? Because I've testified to Christ and I've spoken of the, of the goodness of Christ, in, in, both in my words and all the ways uh, in which I, I live. And then just maybe just digging down just a little bit more in terms of sort of what this might mean for us. But um, humility really is about lowering ourselves in grace. And because of grace, we who are followers of Christ, we can now see ourselves and others as we are before God. We don't need to see ourselves as greater than ourselves, but we can see ourselves as we as we truly are and as we see ourselves as we truly are both as sinners and saints we, we no longer need to lift ourselves up um, to 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 gain um, affirmation or to gain um, works uh, righteousness through our works but we can continue to cling to the gospel of, of grace and that means that we can use our strength and our energy and our time and our resources to help others grow up into Christ and to come to know Christ and to be strengthened in Christ. Um, we're able to be who we are both in the flesh and in the spirit because of grace. So that's an encouragement, isn't it, that we we can be those um, who humble ourselves before God and before others. Um, uh, the second thing is that we, we give ourselves uh, with tears. And I think here, the idea of tears is this, this investment, this personal investment that, that Paul gives and wants us to, to give, that we shouldn't just separate ourselves from the work that we do or, or make it some sort of program uh, where there's them and there's us. Uh, but then he says, no, no, I, I was with you and prayed for you day and night. Um, I, I, um, I, I I spent time with you, I shared my life with you. Um, And there was an investment there from from Paul in in the lives of these Ephesian elders and in the lives of those people in Ephesus and um, right around Asia Minor. And it could be tempting for us, particularly as we think about how much um, energy it costs to to give out, that we might just pull back from, from that. But there is no effective gospel ministry and um, that doesn't involve us giving something of ourselves to other people, whether that be time or space or energy or prayers or, or, or tears uh, on behalf of other people. We, you know, God has given us and given us a, a unique place in the body of Christ uh, where he might want us to use the giftings that, that we, we are. And so we must um, give ourselves to, to the work of, of the gospel by, by investing at a much deeper level than just merely high and by on a Sunday. But we invest in a way that could cost us tears and could cost us disappointment and could cost us um, hurt. And then uh, the third thing here, he talks about his trials or maybe another way might be to say this is, is suffering. And one of the things we know about Paul's life is that his life as he said in that passage, what I do know is the Spirit says wherever I go, there's going to be trials and difficulties and imprisonment. We know that he had beatings and shipwrecks and etc. 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 This was a guy who was accustomed with with suffering. And again, gospel ministry involves trial, uh, trials and, and difficulties. Uh, we're told that we're going to share in the sufferings of Christ, and that when we do that, we Uh, Even though it might be difficult, we will consider everything else rubbish in comparison to knowing Christ. And so for us, again, Paul encourages us, imitate what I did. Don't avoid suffering, don't avoid trials, but embrace them as the way in which God might be at work in you and through you, that the gospel might have an opportunity to go out and grow through the difficulties and the sufferings that we have, both in our own lives and in the lives of others. And so I think if in some way you might find yourself right now in a place where you are either physically suffering or emotionally suffering or financially suffering, or in one sense, spiritually, you're feeling um, all at sea. I just want to encourage you that this is an opportunity uh, for God to be at work in you and through you, that he might lead you through that place of suffering to an abundant life that it might lead you to a place of uh, sanctification and transformation where God works in us what is good and pleasing to him. So that was the second thing. That was the, got the motives, the manner. But then also, thirdly, he wants them to imitate something of his, and I didn't know what to call this, method, model, modus operandi, means, Um, they're all M so they seem to fit anyway Uh, but he wants to pass on something about how to minister in in the word and um, again this is something that when we um, look to Jesus he has given us this same um, mission and ministry to minister in the word and Matthew 28 verses 19 18 to 20 says all uh, what Jesus says to his disciples, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you to the very end of the age. And so what Paul realizes here is that the, uh, his chief function and the chief function of all those who follow Christ is to teach and to preach the word. Now, this might not be, you know, you know preaching on a Sunday. That word just means to, to to share, to proclaim, to declare the word. And here we see that Jesus commissions those early disciples um, and apostles to be those who preach and teach the word. Interestingly, that very end part of um, verse twenty, behold. And with you to the very end of the age and the first part all authority in heaven on earth is given to me though sandwich that commission and should really be an encouragement to us that the task that he's asked us to do which is to share christ and the goodness of of um of god to other people is something that we are able to do because god has the authority it's been given uh, to, to christ christ then gives us a commission and then he tells us he's going to be with us to the very end of the age to help him complete the task that we've got. But as it relates to to preaching, in verses 20 and 21, Paul really pours out the different ways which he's done this. He says, look, I've preached publicly and I've preached to you privately. He said, how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable, teaching you in public and from house to house. So there's something about us just recognizing that there's every opportunity that we have, whether it be in the workplace, in the home, in in church, one-to-one, a small group, a larger group, every one of those those is an opportunity. He said, I did not shrink from declaring, which means or suggests that there's a temptation internally or externally to shrink away from declaring um, God's word. But he wants the Ephesian elders, as they take this task on, to be those who don't shrink away from declaring that truth. Um, uh, whether it be publicly or from house to house. Then he goes on to say that he preached to everyone and that he preached, uh, the message that he preached was one that was uh, pointed, as it were. So he says in verse 21, testifying both to, to Jews and to Greeks of the repentance towards God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And so he says, look, it doesn't really matter uh, you know, I preached to everybody, Jews and, and Greeks, essentially saying, everybody, I preached to everybody the good news of Jesus Christ. And the message that he preached was not an easy one. It was a pointed one. It was a, a specific one. It was one of repentance towards God and faith in Jesus Christ. And so, again, we just want to remind ourselves that the, the ministry of, of serving uh, the Lord has got to be one of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. It can't be just talking about Christian things or Christian ways or even just our own experience of Christ, though it must include those things also. But it must be about repentance. It must be about the fact that the only way to, to um, be set free from our sin, the only way to have everlasting life of God, uh, the only way to have abundant life uh, is through Christ. And as we confess our sin and our need for Christ. We put our trust in him. So that is the message that he's given us to do. And then more than that, he goes on to say that he preached comprehensively, that he didn't avoid all the difficult topics and issues that might come up. Uh, and so he said, I did not shrink from declaring from, uh, from I didn't shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you. And then in verse 27 he goes on, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. And so there's just a reminder, again, that the word is so central to everything that we do as a church, that without the word, it's not possible for us to, to really be effective in any ministry in, in life. And we should should be those who recognize that the word is profitable uh, for us in every situation, and that we should uh, preach the whole counsel of God, which is, which means to really uh, share the fullness of what he says. Um, maybe just to, to, to make this point more, uh, more profoundly. Um, how does a Christian grow in faith? Well, they go through. They they grow through his word and putting his word into action. How does a Christian grow in wisdom through his word? How does a Christian form uh, uh, form uh, uh, their love for God and love for others through his word? How does the Christian uh, able to fight, fight temptation through his word? How is the Christian able to have hope for the future because of his word? How is a Christian able to live radic- uh, radically, uh, a radical sacrificial life for Christ through His Word, and then how might an unbeliever get saved through His Word? And so, centrally here, Paul is saying it has been the Word and the Word that I've preached to you that has really built you up and that has helped you grow. Continue to be people of the Word. Continue to be people focused around His Word. Now. Of course, um, uh, we don't want to take away from the fact that we need the spirit and we need prayer and there's some other disciplines, etc., etc. But ultimately, you don't know anything about prayer. You don't know anything about God. You don't know anything about the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, there's no way that you can do ministry, evangelism, discipleship without the Spirit empowered uh, Word of God. And so, without the Word, we are not going to be effective. And so, our, my prayer for us as uh, oikos is that we would be those who love the word, who delight the word, who meditate on the word, that feed ourselves the word, that share the word with one another, that proclaim the word to the lost and the broken, that apply the word to our our hearts, to our minds, to lead us to strength. That we might be those who live the word. And then finally, I'm just recognizing that we are running out of time. So, maybe I might leave it after this point. He talks here about his attitude towards the work that he does. And I think this is quite important, isn't it? You know, we've been going, uh, uh, because we've been going for 10 years, many of us have been from the beginning, or we've been here uh, quite a while. The way in which we've sought to live our lives uh, is by sort of imitating uh, Christ's incarnation and people before us like Paul who shared, shared his life uh, with, with people, he shared his money, shared his space um, uh, with, with, with those that he was ministering to. But those things um, can be, it, it can be hard work and we can be discouraged in the midst of that hard work and it can be energy sapping. Um, and so I think just here, he just brings out two aspects of his attitude. First of all, he, he talks about the fact that he is not greedy, that he didn't do it to get something out of it, that his, his attitude um, was one of, 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 serv- of service, but also that it was hard work. Verse 33, he says, I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You, you yourselves know that these hands ministered to the necessities and to those who were with me. In all things I've shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of Jesus Christ, um, he, who he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. If we go into uh, ministry, whether that be full time or vocational, thinking um, that it might be a, something that will ultimately pay us back in a material way, then we're going to be surely disappointed um there are many more well-paid jobs uh than the ministry but whether it be um uh, money or whether it be thanks or just some um some way of, of getting back what we put in that's just not the way the ministry works no the ministry ministry uh ministering works um, by giving of ourselves emptying of ourselves Uh, knowing that that Christ will fill us up and give us what we need but not in silver or gold or apparel um, but with his spirit and his with his uh, his spirit changing us and transforming us and then um, but also it's something that's hard work the second aspect here is that it's hard work it's enjoyable it's hard work nonetheless and um, there's a sort of you know and, and we wouldn 't expect anything different, would we really? because when we 're entering into ministry, we are going direct into a spiritual battle, and the enemy does not want us to succeed or to, to do well in in that and whilst our our own eternal salvation is secure, Satan loves just to bring discouragement and disappointment and disunity to the body he loves to to work in such a way that we fix our eyes on things and, and not on him. So two things that can take our eyes off the, the focus or the motive of serving the Lord is greed. And um, I spoke, well, I wouldn't say laziness, but maybe discouragement that leads to not working hard. And so again, my prayer for us as we go, as you go into this next season is that you'll be a church that is, um his heart is just to serve regardless of, of what comes back that you might serve 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 and serve some more um, and whether you get thanks or praise or whether um, the relationships that you you that you are engaging are, are, are ones where you you receive a blessing or whether you don't that you just continue to work hard in them as if you are working with the lord Paul then gives the Ephesians' elders um, a a warning, two two things just to be careful of. Um, And in verse 28, he says this, "Be careful, pay, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock. So two things he says, pay attention to yourselves and pay attention to the flock. And then he talks about why they should pay attention to themselves and to the flocks. He said, because wolves will come in and they will come in and they will not spare the flock. And he says that there will even be people who are uh, with you or inside of you or might come and be inside of you who will just twist things. And their purpose will be to draw disciples away after them and not keep them focused on on the Lord. And so he says, be ready and be alert. And so I suppose for us, this is just a warning for us, isn't it? Um, to think that um that we should be prepared and ready for um uh, that, that, that that yeah that the enemy that the lord the enemy might um se- send, this is that sounds like i'm suggesting there's some people amongst us that will become wolves I'm, I'm not suggesting that at all but just that over time there might be those who come in who try to take us away from the purpose of serving god to draw us away into not trusting in his word and trusting in his spirit, um, and so we should be alert. He says, Where should we be alert, or how you know, when he says, Day and night, he basically says, I ministered to you in the word, that's how I kept you focused, that's how we help protect the flock is by ministering to them in the word. And then finally, just verse 32, then just to finish, um, it's He says, now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. So this is Paul's prayer. And this is my prayer for you and my prayer for for me, that we might commend one another to God or we might commend God to one another and to the word of his grace, that we might remember that in His Word there is grace; that in His Word there is uh, wisdom and truth that will build us up and help us to 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 grow and to continue to follow Him. That our lives might be shaped by by God's Word, and that as we build ourselves up around God's Word, as we keep on trusting in God's Word. They might bring an inheritance in our, our transformation, in our, our sanctification. I pray that in, if in any way my life and each other's life has been an example of generosity and hospitality, that you should follow that, not looking um, to, to me or to others, but looking to Christ who's been at work In us, that we should imitate Christ in this way, that we should keep working hard in sacrificial service of one another and in the lost. So maybe I can just pray for us as we we finish in this, that these words that Paul speaks to the Ephesian elders might be words, uh, timely words for us at Oikos, um, that we might serve the Lord, that our, our We might serve him with humility and tears and through trials and through suffering. That our our, um, motive might be to serve him. That we might work hard and not uh, seek gain. And that all our ministry might be one that that is orientated around the word of God and the power that is in the word of God. So let me just pray for us now. Heavenly Father, thank you for these these guys who um, I, I love dearly and I pray that you might empower them to continue the, the work that you have called them to do. And I um, pray that you might equip them for, for this good work in, in your word and through the power of your spirit. Um, help them, Lord, I pray in these coming months and, and years to uh, continue to be humble in all that they do, to invest their time and their energy in themselves, in the ministry that you've called them to do, that you might um, yeah, prepare them to continue to, to work hard in, in those things, even when there may be many times or many, um, uh, yeah, many times where there, there might be discouragement in the midst of, of, of trials and uh, suffering. Oh Lord, we thank you for your word and the example of Christ who trusted in your word. Help us to keep our eyes fixed on, on Christ and all that he has done for us, knowing that the, the path that you have set before us is one that ultimately leads to uh, your work in our lives and your work in, in other people's lives. And we do pray that you might add many people to your number. And
0: uh, for your glory we ask this. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Right, guys. Um. Let's see if I can do that. There we go. Um, Jez, thank you so much. Um for that, very timely, and um, lots to, to ponder and think about, and um, maybe in the week, uh, um, having reflected on that, might send some questions out for us just to maybe be pondering um, in our homes, and um, um, yeah, lots lots to be thinking about there. Um, thank you to everyone for joining us tonight, it's been lovely to see you all, um, I will um, just say i'm going to leave this on so you're welcome to to stay up um not too late um but you are welcome to stay on um for a little while um and yeah so just i'll just pray to to conclude our time um but lovely to see you all um, father thank you for this time tonight lord thank you um that you've been with us Lord, thank you for the word that we just heard and i just pray that um yeah that we would be dwelling on that and um chewing on the things that jez shared with us lord to um, encourage us and to, to challenge us and